0: American Scouser podcast. I'm your host Chris. I'm here with the OG Timuchin. How are you doing, dude?
1: Uh, pretty good, sir. Pretty good.
0: Yeah, man. It's good to be back. Um, we've, we've had a little bit of break. We've been doing some uh, revamping of the website and stuff and and timuchin has been working his ass off. Uh um, yeah, going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, big things coming in the future as well. So yeah, check out americanscouser.com uh, for all the latest news and everything that's happening. But yeah, let's get straight into it, man. Um, That result, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It was like the first 25 minutes was just us. It was just pressure, pressure, pressure. Um, It it was classic Liverpool. And then, then, yeah, Big Verge. What was that all about? I don't know. I mean,
1: we were due in the back to make some mistakes like that. I don't know, like watching it, I'm almost glad we didn't do like an instant reaction podcast cause I think I'd be a lot more frustrated than I am now. But as I watched it, it was frustrating. And you know, there were some expletives in the room, but cause it was just frustrating. Like it just looked too nonchalant. You know, it just was frustrating to watch. I mean, we talked that thing in the last podcast. I personally don't care about these records and stuff, Yeah, but if that's the case, we should have just played the kids more, uh, tried some things like we did like two games ago. I'm okay with, you know, not getting the results playing that way. It just did not sit right starting what looked like a good lineup, uh, almost an ideal lineup without a handle really. And kind of like playing like that. I mean, it just shows how tough this league is. And, you know, just being off by a couple of percent off your intensity can just like doom you. I mean, if anything, it shows that. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just frustrating more than anything else. Doesn't matter, not really. But no. it just kind of was like disappointing to see how they kind of dropped off. It's natural, but still, you know, as a fan, you just don't like seeing that.
0: Well, I mean, you have to take into account, you know, the whole break with with the pandemic and everything else, and having the you know have in essence a, a mid season preseason. Um, to get back into shape and everything again, and um, and coming back almost for like a, a, a what in essence, is a mini tournament, you know, of, of the last eight games, uh, and it, it sort of seemed to me like when they came back, the when they played City and, and City beat us, it was like okay, well, I kind of saw that coming, and then we kind of got it back on track with Crystal Palace, and then I, I started to see that that not necessarily um, nonchalance against Burnley, but a, a little complacency and a little bit, almost a little bit of arrogance in a sense, uh, from certain players. Um, like, uh, uh, being champions already and, you know, thinking, oh, we can just do whatever the hell we want kind of vibe. Uh, and I think a lot of people are, are so, like there's a lot of new fans, there's a lot of fans that um, these records mean so much to. And for me, the fact that we're getting this trophy after 30 years is the pinnacle for me. I don't care about 100 points. I mean, yes, it would be nice, but does it really matter at the end of the day? You know, the trophy's going to go on the wall and we have opportunities to go again. You know, like, here's the thing, 97 and a possible now, what, 98 points for this season? Um, or is it 99? I'm not too 99, sure. 99, I think now. 99, right? no two games left, and we're on 99. Two games left. Yep. Yeah, So 99. Um, I mean, what? Two of the highest scores that have ever been recorded in the Premier League in the last two seasons. We actually added two points from last year that I thought we could never do. You know what I mean? Because we had such a ridiculous season last year. Um, and now everybody's up in arms. Oh, we didn't get this. We didn't get that. Oh my God, it's such a bad thing. No, it's not. We just won the fucking Premier League. Sorry about that, but. You know what I mean? Be happy. We've been waiting for this for 30 years. It doesn't matter that Arsenal beat us. Fair play to them. Do you know what I mean? And maybe it ruined Ox's return. I mean, he got that guard of honor. That must have felt great going back to the Emirates. Um, I kind of actually, just on that, um, fair play to Arsenal and they're trolling with their banners. You haven't got a gold one and all that kind of stuff. Did you see that? Yep, yep, yep. I felt that, hey, I, I'm always up for a, for a bit of banter. And a yeah, that was quality trolling. I'll that. was quality. But yeah, I mean, Arsenal are, are fighting for their life at the minute, you know, and they have a quality squad. The problem is um, all of our guys need to be switched on. Um, it, it, I think, um, was it Graham, who was commentating yesterday? It was Arlo and Lee Dixon. Ah,
1: uh, yeah, Lee.
0: Yeah. and He uh, was on, yeah. And Lee Dixon said it himself. Like after, you know, He played in some really good Arsenal teams, you know? And he said, you know, when one person's head goes down and starts to lack, not necessarily goes down, but one person sort of gets a bit complacent and a bit loose, it's infectious in the same way that when we have a player that starts that press, it's infectious with our team. And I think that's what it is. We're such a cohesive unit that we have to be on all the time. And I think... like after the Burnley
1: game, I even like posted it on Facebook. I, I felt like the ridiculous criticism was too harsh. I thought, I mean, Pope like was standing on his head. I mean, oh. we missed a ton of chances. That game yeah. could be blown out. It could have been even better than the Crystal Palace game in terms of score. And it would be a totally different story. Everybody would be happy. They were like, oh, you're the champions. We're back. You know, uh, they were just drunk at the city game, whatever. <laughs> um so that game, I kind of like put in a different category because I did not see what I saw against Arsenal. And I think when you talk about like intensity and some players dropping off, I think what made it really odd yesterday to me as I watched it was you could see some players like, you know, like Robo and Mane. It's almost like the left side of the team. Yeah. Um, and I actually thought Gomez had an excellent game as well. But yeah. you could see like players like, you know, those guys going full speed. Yeah. And playing like they normally do in the regular intensity, which I think almost like made the other ones stand out even more that they were not playing with their regular intensity because yeah. it really stuck like like a sore thumb. And that's part of like the disappointing thing, but I, I understand... Like I say, like you're saying, it is natural when you're constantly trotting out there with the God of Honor every damn game. I'm sure like the mentality kind of is not the same as opposed. And there's nobody really pushing you. I mean, last year when we were going through every game and winning and stuff, you know, City and us were pushing each other at the same time. I guess my biggest concern is you're going out with Just like winning is kind of like a habit, so is losing. Yeah. And if you're going to not get the scores which is fine if you don't care about them and everything like that. I do understand. and like, I think we're on the same page there. The mm-hmm. records don't mean as much, but then just give the opportunity to the others or experiment or do whatever. So that number one, uh, we don't kind of like show vulnerability to the other teams. Cause yeah. I know everybody was like, Oh, if this game mattered, we would just turn it on. It's not that easy yeah. to be able to suddenly say, now we care. Let's go. It's not like it doesn't work like that. So, And I kind of, like, expected a bigger reaction, I guess, coming in the second half. I thought Nabi did really good coming in. I wish he started the game because I think, especially in those first 20 minutes, there was so much space that he could exploit and really, like, you know, uh, rip Arsenal apart. But at the same time, like, having said that and having been disappointed, some of the criticism I see is still too obnoxious. (laughs) Like, people are already selling Genie. They're getting good at Bobby. I mean, it's just, like... Calm the hell down. I mean, the guy did not become a bad player in like freaking like three weeks or two months or whatever the hell the break was. It's the same still guys. You can be disappointed or maybe frustrated with them dropping the intensity, but you can't start to question their like skill level or what we have and this is what we're missing and stuff like that.
0: And here's the thing. You have to remember as well that every team we're going to go up against is going to be fired up to play us. Even yep, at the yep. end of the season, even if nothing mean, means anything to them, even if they're not trying to fight for Europe, it's a chance to get a win over the champions, over what people were arguing during the season, possibly the best Premier League team of all time. Yep. You know what I mean? Now, that, that's that's not a... a, a that's, I don't think that's a boast in any way, and I don't think that's that's a little a, a bad thing to say. I mean, our records and what we did and everything we did, it to be so far ahead, like 20 points, pl- Points ahead, and you know what I mean. It's just ridiculous, and like even Klopp says himself, to be that far ahead of a team like Man City. And I think uh, you know they've lost nine games this season. I think for them, I think us being so mentally strong and winning all these games and just being just relentless like we have, I think played a bit of a, a part on on City because if you think about it, when we were like, oh, you know what. Imagine if they lost that, we would be 12 points clear. Imagine if they lost that, we could be 16 points clear. And it was happening. Yep. And that's got to be, you know, it's about that mentality. Like you said, winning is infectious in the same way losing is infectious. And I think you mentioned that Rabo and Manny. I think with them, they don't know any other way to play but 150 miles an hour. Yep. You know, they're those kind of players. Look at Rabo. He will just run He'll run through brick walls. He'll just keep running until he drops. And Manny is the same, you know? And uh, handles that kind of player as well. They just, uh, Milner, they just have that drive in them to keep going and going and going. And then you have different people in the squad. Um, Gomez and Van Dijk, there's a lot of similarities there. They're both big, naturally, physically gifted guys. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. You know, you you look at those videos of, of Van Dyke jumping to do those headers in, in the Dutch training. You know, he's getting up there basketball height for a fucking header. That's scary. You know, um, obviously you're you're not going to do that in the game because someone's jumping with you. But when but when you can see the prowess and the ability to do that, um, I mean, if you think about that video uh, that Sky did with uh, Ronaldo when he like raced the Bugatti and they were whipping corners, oh, yeah. whipping corners into him in the dark. And he was hitting them every time. Like, um, not that I want to blow up Ronaldo. He's a great footballer, but, but that kind of thing. And Van Dyke has that kind of thing. And, and Gomez, you know, is a younger version of that and has that naturally physical gift. You know, for a big guy, he has pace. He has all that kind of stuff. And he showed it yesterday. He was, he was actually pretty good yesterday. But a, a buddy of mine, Dan, actually, uh, Dan Brown up in Vermont, give him a shout. Uh, had noticed something, and he went back and he did some some checking on stats. And um, in the games, we we have struggled the most in games against teams that go four four two when we have had Gomez and Fabinho in the same squad.
1: Now, yeah, I, that is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like uh, in, like Gomez is great because of his speed. Sometimes yeah. it works against them. I think he kind of, mm. I mean. It helps him because he can be out of position and recover with his speed. Yeah. But I think being a young player, he doesn't focus as much on the positioning sometimes knowing I can recover and stuff like that. But yeah. as a young player, I think he will you know, eventually get there. I mean, Fabinho, I, I think against teams like Arsenal yesterday, yeah, I mean, he's a great stopper in midfield. Yeah. But, I mean, it go, goes back to missing Hendo in the yeah. middle of the field. And I remember, like, we talked last, last last, podcast about, like, you know, our player of the year and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and, you know, it went back between, like, Hendo and Mane. I yeah. mean, this, I think, clearly makes the case for the guy, not only because yeah. of how fast the ball moves when he's in midfield, but somebody to kind of slap some people around. Yeah that's what we miss whereas you know like van dyke is a leader in his own quiet confident way like hey i got this back here i know he made a mistake but i mean jesus he's human i think but uh so uh, you you know he's more like a quiet kind of leader he doesn't look like the kind of guy that's going to be like hey what the hell was that you know because there were so many sloppy passes that you know if Handel was there there was going to be a lot of barking going on so
0: well it's kind of funny because I mean we all we're all making fun of it and we've all seen the memes of, you know, Van Dijk and Allison before pandemic and then after the pandemic they're Lover and carriers. Um, <laughs> I think we have to realise that save for those two mistakes, they were the only two shots that Arsenal got on the goal. Uh, we had over twenty twenty shots at goal. Why why could we only could put, put one away? I mean you know, we, we basically got football managered. If you look at the stats, we were we were all over them. We needed those
1: you know,
0: games. Yeah. yeah but if you think of many times have you played football manager and you've had like 30 shots on goal and they have one they don't even get a shot on goal and you score on goal and they win. You know, but the, it was kind of like that kind of game because we had all the ball. And I think with the Fabinho and Gomez thing it's interesting because I think um, those three of Van Dijk Fabinho and Gomez is such a strong, powerful little triangle and almost impossible to get through that teams have to find a way around it. And what they do is they catch out either Trent or Robbo high up the pitch. And that's what Arsenal did to us. You know what I mean? They tried to get that ball over the top for young Reese Nelson to run on to, for Lacazette, for Aubameyang when he come on. Pepe, that's what they were looking for. They were looking for that ball down into the flank behind the fullback and exploit that gap taking Fabinho completely out of the equation or pulling him across to assist and pulling him out of position. So there's space in the midfield, you know? So um, it's a smart sort of thing. And, uh, obviously I have to thank Dan for po- pointing that out because he's he, he'd been talking about it for weeks and he says look I'm going to go and look at these numbers and see what's happening and he was like yeah he says it's, a, he says it's one of those weird conspiracy theory coincidences when you put it all together it's, he says it's crazy so uh, I'll maybe ask him to, to put it together as a, an article and maybe he might put it on the he might write it as an article if he has time I don't know but I'll ask him and uh, see if he'll put it on the website cause but really- I mean here's the thing I mean, they kept trying
1: that but I mean, apart from a couple of times, they never connected on those passes. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, what makes it even more frustrating is they were really bad. I mean, they couldn't get anything going. We kind of lost the game. I don't consider them winning the game, if you will. I mean, you know, everybody's like, oh, if I play the Arsenal and stuff. Really, what do they do? I mean, they really didn't do anything. And the only time they find openings in the second half was when we were kind of going full out. So. Really, we gave the game away to them with just some, like, reckless sloppy passes and stuff like that. And like you're saying, all those shots, we couldn't finish it. I mean, the one Salah had, the one Minamino had. I mean, there were, like, so many chances that yeah. we could have finished. But, um, unfortunately, that was the same thing with Burnley. And it's all about, you know, some of those, like, clinical finishes, all about focus and concentration. So. Yeah. You lose like 2% of that, 5% of that. I almost feel like I know this is kind of like an ongoing, you know, who passes, who doesn't. Somebody takes, you know, Salah takes a shot, money takes a shot and stuff. But it's almost like when winning is not that important anymore. The individual stats obviously raise an importance, whereas if we were going, if we were like a point behind and if we needed to win, they might do that extra pass because obviously winning is going to be a lot more important. But I think right now with winning is kind of like a, meh, kind of a feeling to it. Other things become more important. Let me crack the shots and maybe I'll get the goal and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So I mean, mean, it is what it is at this point, yeah. and it's. I just don't think the overreaction is necessary. Yeah. I was kind of like frustrated watching the game, I'll admit, especially in the first half, with kind of like the overall approach to it. But at the same time, if we know this, and if it is a human reaction, which it yeah. is, I mean, there's yeah. like a ton of examples of it. And let's face it, if anything, this should kind of, even if it's illegal uh, with a ton of money and stuff, you know, kudos to City for being able to get that drive Keep going when they yeah. had that huge lead back then, and yeah. you know hit the hundred points. But you know, going back to us, I'm hoping now we kind of say, okay, let some of these kids play and get the experience, and let's see what we have, so we yeah. know what we need.
0: And that's the thing that was kind of I was just going to touch on that was the big a lot of the argument I'm seeing online is why weren't these kids given a chance? Why isn't Harvey Elliott getting the game? Why isn't, you know, these youngsters being getting, you know, to get their five games and get a medal or whatever. And 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 I kind of agree with it. I mean, these guys have kind of, some of the players have shown us that they're already on the beach. They've already got their medal and, and whatever. And, and why not? Then these young guys are hungry. They want to prove themselves and, and give them a chance to do it. You know, um, with two games left. What what we've nothing to lose now. All the records that we were gonna break are are done. Um, you know, so let's just might as well give Harvey a shot. You know, he's gonna be hungry. You know, we've seen it with Curtis. Curtis come on and look has has looked great. Um, you know, even Nico Williams. Nico Williams was in fucking BBC team of the week last week. You know? Um yeah, I, I think it was a was-
1: matter of, you know, giving
0: him the opportunity
1: to play. I mean, the, the medals and stuff, you know, we'll get in the medals. I'm more after let's find out what we have.
0: Exactly. You exactly. know, when the,
1: the playing in a, like an idle League Cup game next season yeah. is not really how you want to find out what the hell is going on. I mean, yeah, let's give Nico some tries. Uh, let's get Curtis in there. Uh, so, to see what we have so that we know, I mean, we know we're not going to spend a ton of money in the offseason. They've kind of like made that pretty clear here. Yeah. But at least, you know, figure out the needs. I mean, obviously, I would think and I would hope they already know. Uh, but I think to kind of like underline the needs in terms of like seeing the performances on the field yeah. is the ultimate way to know. I mean, that's why, like, that game when I saw Nico on the left, I was like, well, this is a huge test because. Yeah. Yeah, that kid does well over there, there we go. You know, one need eliminated. And I thought it was not fair for him to play behind Ox, who really does not play well when he's on the, the, on the lane. lane. No. And especially, like, defensively, he was having a bad game, so Nico looked worse than I think he would have done normally. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, let's just give these things some shots, uh, close out the season, get the title, kind of, like, regroup. I just, like I say, my main worry is – the fear that you put into opposing teams is going to diminish with performances like this. Exactly. And you just don't want that. Yeah. And sadly, you know, I was talking to my brother earlier who's sadly a United <laughs> fan and is a disappointment to the entire family. But um you know, a team like United benefits from not having fans because nobody is on their case as they're like struggling. Whereas a team like us, you know, like the no fan thing really hurts a team like us who kind of feed off of that energy and play with energy. Our strength is the energy yeah. and it comes from the fans. So we kind of lack that. Whereas, you know, a team like city, who doesn't have fans anyway, or United, <laughs> who actually the fans, I feel and same with Arsenal. If Arsenal, had fans yesterday. When we were one zero, they were just gonna get like yep. demolished. The way they were playing, not yep. having any fans to get on your case and bring you down even worse. Yeah. I feel actually helped them. Yeah. So kind of like be able, and then obviously we helped them get into the game. But still, you know, me- mentally, I think it kind of helps not having fans to certain clubs. Whereas I feel like it really, really hurts us a lot.
0: Yeah, um, and that, that's. Again, the, the no fans thing, I think that's another thing that, like you said, has kind of hurt us because I think, yeah, we get that constant wave of, of just excitement, you know, and they haven't sort of had that to keep them pushing along. Yes, it, it, it's cool sending them messages on Instagram and stuff like that, but it's not the same as that that just visceral energy that comes from a crowd. Um, so, yeah, I mean, here's, here's the thing, man. You're, you're like myself. You don't really care at this point um other than the points that we've kind of talked about and it's not like it's it's a major major problem you know it's to be expected they're also a young squad if you think about it you know um with the exception of sort of milner and and hendo and that they're all sort of early to mid-20s and i think that's what a lot of people forget think about yourself when you were 22 years old 23 24 25 um Yes, you have a certain kind of maturity and a professionalism, but, you know, winning the Premier League for some of them for the very first time, like a dream come true, like it's going to have an effect on, you know, your performance that you've, you've done it so easily, you know, it's going to, it's going to get your, the complacency is going to come in at the end of the year, especially when you know it's impossible for you to lose it. You yeah. could go out there. You could go out there and just they could all sit down and have a picnic and let the other teams run out twenty five 0 and it wouldn't matter, you know. Um, so it's it's yeah. I, I'm disappointed that we lost the Arsenal because it's Arsenal. But think about this. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Think about this. Two or three years ago, you know, losing away to Arsenal isn't wasn't a bad thing. You know, if you look at their team on paper, it's kind of scary. You know, you've two of the, the greatest marksmen in, in the, the Europe scene in Obama, Yang and Lagazette. You know, what they did previous to come into the, the Premier League and even what Obama Yang's doing now and some of the goals that Lagazette scores, like these guys are clinical. That's what they do. They put the ball in the back of the net and if you give them the chance to do it, they're going to do it. You know, Pepe's shown in Europe and stuff what he's capable of. He hasn't quite done it in the Premier League. Um, I'm not even going to me- message or mention Sideshow Bob. Um, because we know he's a calamity, but um, you know some and of those other.
1: Their defense is still in shambles, so yeah. you know that you know they're not a threat going forward. And they signed uh, Louis even to an extension, so I, I almost like you almost expect the game that's going to be high scoring because you know, like you're saying, they have the players to be able to yep. you know create chances and be dangerous. But then knowing that defense, you kind of expect to be able to yeah. score more on them, I guess.
0: Very much so. Um, So, I mean, that's that on the game. There's a few other little points. Obviously, there's been stuff happening with football. The announcement that they're going to extend the the five substitutes rule. Uh, What's your thoughts on that? Good or bad?
1: I mean, I think it's good for the game. Um, And I think it's good for being able to, you know, get the younger players out there more often. Uh, The only thing is now... Uh, it even plays into the hands of a team like City, uh, yeah. where they can put freaking Mares off the bench and stuff like that. You know, the guy who got like 60 million or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, so it's makes it important that we do make, I realize we're not going to spend the money. I don't have such dreams, but, uh, we make some important or valuable investments in terms of bringing some, uh, like game changers off the bench. Or be able to start – I think more importantly, it gives us kind of like an opportunity to be able to uh, start different players and be able to bring somebody like Bobby or somebody like that off the bench if needed, if things are not going our way and things like that. But, I mean, I personally like it. Um, I (laughs) – I mean, I read an argument online. I think it was on The Guardian saying, oh, you know, like it's a myth that it's going to kind of hurt smaller teams. And they're, they were basing that off of smaller teams. So far, I have used it more uh, in terms of like since, you know, like we came back and started the league, yeah. but I don't think that shows Jack. I mean, that more yep. shows some of these guys like Burnley, they didn't even like sign their guys to extensions and stuff. Yep. So they got like, you know, the kindergarten guys like sitting on the sideline and they're kind of like almost like having to rotate and things like that. I mean, it obviously uh, the rich will get richer because, yeah. you, you know, like I say, you're putting Maris off the bench as a city team. Uh, whereas, I mean. Who's Burnley going to put an off the bench? That's as <laughs> much of a game changer. Yeah. So
0: it's kind of—I I think you're right there about the, the sort of the bigger teams. It's really going to play under their hands in a sense where you know we we have that we kind of have a bit of depth as well. And if you look at a team, for example, Sheffield United, Sheffield United, um, for me, uh, have been the revelation of this season. But um, even last week, they didn't even have enough substitutes to fill the nine spots. You know, yep. and the reason that these these teams, the smaller teams, are using it more is because their guys have had to play, you know, almost every ninety minutes of every game. You look at a team like Sheffield United, um, and their starting eleven ha- has been the same more than any other team in the league, pretty much, and how they set up and the players they use a smaller group of players, so they're going to get more tired. So of course they're going to use this more because they have to. These guys are shattered you know? Um, yep. And the problem is you look at someone like Sheffield United, they get into Europe next year. They don't have masses of money to, to, to really buy. Um, and they're going to fall foul of Thursday night from Europa League. And um, you know, and you need a deep squad to play in Europe, even in the Europa League. You know, and they they don't have it now. And the way Chris Wilder, Chris Wilder's, I think, similar to Klopp in a sense where he builds a cohesive team. A lot of the a lot of the Sheffield United team are um, journeymen. You know, they're they're not um, they're not exactly fifty sixty million you know pound dollar players. You know, um, a lot of these guys are a lot older. Twenty eight. Look at Jagielka going back there. You know, um, obviously he started there, but he's still playing for them in the premier league at 30, what 38, 39 years old. You know, this is the type of player that they buy because they're looking for a team. They don't care about these individual fancy players. Um, You know, and for a team like that, it's hard. The bigger the squad gets, the harder it is to keep it cohesive.
1: Exactly. And I think that's why it's really going to make the rich get richer. And, I mean, it's good for, I mean, since we're part of the Richard crew, I guess it's good for us uh, because you're going to be able to, you know, let's say you have like a comfortable lead. You're going to be able to get like other players on the field and we're going to be able to get these younger guys more like playing time and get them kind of like worked in. But yeah, I almost feel like you're right. I mean, the gap is just going to get bigger and it will help them, I think, especially like the team's that are playing in Europe or, you know, that are all in the cup competitions at the same time. Cause you're not going to have to necessarily field a much weaker side. You're going to be able to, I mean, you're pretty much almost rotating pretty much half the team. I mean, take the goalie out, you're rotating half the team during a game. So, I mean, I like it in the sense that like, especially like being able to kind of like develop the younger players. Uh, But I am worried about, you know, how the rich will just get richer and squad depth will be important i just hope we kind of react to that and do whatever is
0: necessary yeah i mean for me it can it, it almost kind of points to the possibility of a can a more condensed season next year um to maybe get the calendar back on track you know um especially with with world cup and all that kind of stuff um it, it to bring those calendars back on track, and obviously get everything on with Europe and globally, and all the all the, you know, all the countries on the same wavelength again, so we can get back to some normality. Um, so yeah, it, it's it kind of points to that, and and it kind of segues into nicely about strengthening the squad. The announcement that the uh, when the transfer window opens and when it closes, and and obviously it, it'll be opening in the next couple of weeks, and not closing until the twenty seventh of October. So that's that's three months. Um, that that was interesting to me because usually, um, the window official opens on on the first of July and closes before the start of the season last year, and then they're extending it back to the end of August again, um, or they were going to. So now they're 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 giving us three months to buy players. Um, I wonder is that to maybe coincide with? It's going to be a lot harder to if we want to buy somebody from Poland to get him from Poland to England and then all these tests he's going to have to go through to make sure he's, you know, he's not ill and all this kind of stuff. Is that what it is? I don't know. Because I,
1: I, I, if anything, that adds, what, like two weeks, three weeks or whatever. And if you sign the guy, you sign the guy. I mean, you know, ultimately it's almost like, you know, passing a physical or something like that. Yeah. Um, I just, I feel like we're in a decent situation where it will not hurt us. I just don't like it when it's like that because it becomes like musical chairs and somebody gets screwed. Uh, You know, somebody, you know, Real comes in or Barcelona comes in, uh, takes your best player. Um, and then they, you know, they take that away. Somebody else, you know, okay. Now you got to replace that guy. And yeah. then somebody, like I say, it's musical chairs. One small team at the end gets stuck because they just sold their star and they didn't have enough time or the yeah. money yeah. to be able to replace it. So, uh, I mean, I don't feel like we have any player that we will lose. Like you know, we had a similar situation with Coutinho. We were like, yeah. hey, please stick around till January and stuff. I don't think we're gonna have that situation. So it's not as much of a concern, but Mm -hmm. I can see just too much drama being caused off of it, to be honest. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's it's just obviously different times call for different measures, and they're just doing what they have to do, I guess. Um, I mean, it kind of makes sense to me, and it doesn't, but uh, again, we're not really... um, We're not really sure what's going to happen anyway with this thing, Um, whether we're going to lock down again or any of that kind of stuff. So, I mean, obviously we're getting hit pretty hard here and it's whatever, but back there, it's it's kind of different. You know, a lot of European countries have really got it under control and and doing really well with it. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how all that plays out. But yeah, uh, Timuchin, thanks for joining me again, dude. Thank
1: you.
0: We'll be back again uh, next week with some more uh, before the Chelsea game. Uh, If you haven't already, check out our Facebook group, LFC America, uh, and get in on the conversation. Uh, Give us a follow on uh, Instagram, Twitter, at American Scouser blog. And, uh, yeah, we also have the AmericanScouser.com. Uh, website get in there you can learn about all the olscs you can go back and listen to old podcasts um go and check some of them out um, we've got some new podcast uh spotlight podcasts coming up um i'm going to be speaking to orlando next week uh, so that's going to be fun. And uh, yeah, I know there's some others lined up. Boston are coming up soon. And, Boston uh,
1: is coming up, yep. Uh,
0: yeah, so we, we've got some really good content coming through. Uh, we've got some new writers. We're going to have some new people on the podcast. So yeah, things are exciting. Um, big things happening. And uh, yeah, Timitian's put a lot of work in there. And we've all just sort of tried to scramble around and follow his lead. Um, as best as possible. Um, Uh,
1: I I feel like we're finishing the season on a high notes and just giving up with like an awesome start to defending the title.
0: That's it, man. That's it, man. All right. Well, hey, uh, don't forget, turn on, tune in, cop out the American Scouser podcast. Uh, We're on all the usual Stitcher and Anchor, Spotify, all the usual places you can get it. Uh, Share it with your friends. Get on there. Share the the Facebook page, you know, Uh, get them in on the conversation too. And uh, again, We'll see you next week. You'll never walk alone.